Hello, my friends. I'm Monty Church. Guess where we are today? In the middle of the Pacific Ocean and the islands of Hawaii. Many consider this place to be the paradise of this world. So we thought it would provide a great background to help us with our study today, which is entitled The Trail of Life. Have you ever wondered as we prepare for the second coming of Jesus, what our work is and what God's work is in us? This is an issue that many Christians wonder about. As Christians, we all know that we are looking someday for a better world where the Book of Heaven says righteousness reigns. It makes one ask, just what is God looking for in me today that will allow Him to consider me safe to save and worthy of living in an eternal paradise like this? It's a vital question we should all ask ourselves. You may have especially given this some thought as late as we see the things that are happening in this old world today that's causing everyone great concern. Even here in the beautiful place like Hawaii, there's crime, violence, and abuse. Really, all around our world like never before, we're seeing destructive events happening with man and with nature too. It's exactly what Jesus said would take place just before his coming. It's wonderful to realize, my friends, that very soon we will all have the privilege to be taken by Jesus to a better land, a place where there is no more violence, wars or sickness, disease or death, for all these things that hurt and destroy will all be done away with. The Book of Heaven says that it is a land beyond our imagination, even nicer than this beautiful place. Eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. There will be no harm or hurt in all of God's kingdom, for the earth will be as full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is full of water. Now, as we contemplate what the Book of Heaven says about our new home and what it'll be like, it raises the issue of our study today. We all realize that in the new earth, there aren't going to be things like cigarette butts and beer cans like we see here. There won't be people living selfishly or cheating or being unkind towards others in order to get their way. As we think of our personal weaknesses and the frustrations that we wrestle with today, it makes most of us who desire to follow Jesus wonder what hope have we when he said, the road leading to destruction is wide and easy, and many travel that trail. The way is narrow that leads to life, and only few who look for it will find it. And especially when we read, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Here in the sound of these ocean waves, I think about a big question. What is God's plan for me, a fumbling, bumbling sinner that has so many bad habits? There's an amazing answer to this, my friends, that so many miss. 
God not only plans for you and me to someday live forever in a land of freedom and righteousness, but today, here on earth, before heaven starts, He will help us experience freedom from habits and addictions and multitudes of problems that keep us from having a truly happy and fulfilled life. How does He do this? He says, He will again have compassion on us and will trample our sins underfoot and then throw them into the depths of the sea. And then he says, I will give you a new heart and a new working spirit or mind within you. The greater news, my friends, is this, that those who are open and teachable, allowing the Holy Spirit to work with them on a daily basis, God says he considers them his children. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Not only does our Creator extend His grace to Spirit-led people, but He will perform a work for us and in us if we'll just let Him. Right here, some may ask, does this mean I can learn to be good enough to be a citizen of heaven today? My friends, there's something that we all must understand, and that is none of us are good enough on our own. Listen to what Jesus says. I know that your spirit is willing, but the body is weary and weak. God realizes this and remembers that we're made of dust, and because of his goodness and love for us, he sends the Holy Spirit to help us open our hearts and minds to his leading and empowerment if we'll just let him. Our Creator doesn't want us to beat up ourselves over our weaknesses, saying, woe is me. Instead, he wishes us to accept that his grace covers us as we work at holding on to him day by day, hour by hour, to where he can create in us the desire to be good, like the citizens of heaven. When we're humble and teachable, and with God's help doing what is right, because we want what is right, God in front of Satan and all the evil powers of this world and all the universe can say we're safe to save. Because we have a genuine teachable spirit that he can work with in helping us to grow in righteousness throughout all the days of eternity. My friends, we have such a loving creator. He knows that we're weak, but in his love, he's worked out a way to save us. Then, what is our part in all this? Our part, or work today, is first to accept his gift of salvation and his tender understanding of our weakness. And second, to accept the day-by-day -day gift of Christ in us, which comes by our opening and keeping open our hearts to the work of the Holy Spirit's leading. This will be seen in a life that's totally surrendered to Jesus, wishing and desiring and craving to live righteously. The Book of Heaven puts it this way, What is it that the Lord requires of you? But to do justly, to love and show mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Those who are open and teachable will find themselves living differently and better than before. 
This miracle of our lives being changed that we're talking about only comes when we daily, continually allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. This miracle of change, as we said, begins to prepare us for heaven's citizenship, but also will show God and everyone else that we really want to be there and want to live according to God's master plan for us. This, my friend, is what God is looking for in all his loving judgments. This is how King David handled this situation. The Book of Heaven puts it this way. Your word or your teaching have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Changes in our life come when we focus day by day on the principles of the Bible with an open and willing heart. God will do the work of changing us in that we will come to the place that we will want to do what's right because it is right. This is true character growth that God longs to see in us. This is why continual prayer and continual study of God's Word is so important. Now, again, the question most everyone asks when it comes to the details of God leading us and changing us is, how exactly does all this work when it comes to some of the big lifestyle problems I have that I know won't be practiced in heaven? It comes, my friends, realizing that it's not your work, but God's work in creating genuine change in you. You can't ever do it on your own. Your work is simply to surrender your life to God so He can work the necessary changes that will bless you. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard its spots? Neither can you change yourselves to goodness when you're so used to doing evil. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Notice, if we are just open, he will even help us surrender our will to his leading. Then his promise is that if we will just step out to do what is right, he will step in and empower our actions. His promise is he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think by his power that works in us. Today I'm so happy to have one of my dearest friends join us here, Ed Dunn. Ed, thank you so much for coming. And today I want to talk with you about a couple things that will help our native people understand how God works in us. Well, Monty, uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, and um, when it comes to helping our people, uh, sometimes it's, it's not an easy concept to talk about or to explain, but um, I try to do it like, um, you know, habits, habits that we have. You know, some of us are old enough to remember those old records uh, that, uh, you know, 45 records that uh, you put the needle in the groove and it goes round and round and plays a certain type of music. Um, well, our brains are sort of like that. When we have a habit, it, it's like that needle is stuck in that groove and it can't change the habit because it, the needle is stuck there following that same path around and around. We need to make a choice or surrender. I like the word choice, though in cooperating with God so that um, 
he can take that old record and it's like make it new again and when the needle makes a new habit and as it's going around and around it's a new habit and so with that uh, we need to guard what we think about um, how we uh, understand uh, what is going on around us and always look on the positive side of things. What is our part, our work in this, to where he can work with us? Well, it's a, it's a process. God does most of the work and really us, our part, is uh, choosing to follow his leading. So he draws us, he, he'll, he'll point out the sin in us, and we, uh, we need to acknowledge that, yes, that was my fault, um, and then allow him to take it away. And part of that is uh, us confessing. God takes and, and he gives us this awesome sense of freedom because that sin is gone now. It's not weighing on me anymore. It's just, it's just awesome. He wants, he really wants to abide in, our, in my heart. And um, when he comes to abide in my heart, it's like um, he's moving in. I choose to let him be in charge of my life. And so God is in control. And my prayer every day is, Lord, how can I help you? I need to be helping God. I need to be asking him how I can help him. There's a, there's a Bible text here that I, I really like. It's, um, it has to do with this um, wonderful transformation. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration. That, the washing gives us the idea of uh, something new. So you, when you wash, you, you wash the dirt away. So now you have something new. God is creating new, us new again. And then the last phrase, and in renewing of the Holy Ghost. So this um, Titus chapter 3 verse 5 is very uh, precious in my eyes. God is recreating. He's giving us the power to live a victorious life for Him. So you're saying that God wants to help us develop new patterns of life, new thinking, new grooves in our brain, if you please. That's right. That's the idea. The new grooves in the record, the, the positive thoughts, the good thoughts the, that lead to positive actions in helping others and, and thinking the best about others. Well, this brings me to the next question, and that is this. What do you say to our brothers and sisters who love the Lord and they really want to follow Him and they are growing in Him, but then they fall off the wagon? What advice do you give? Yeah, that's... Um, I've had that experience myself, sad to say. And it seems like when we fall off the wagon, the first thing the devil does is make us so discouraged that we don't want to come back. We start thinking, uh, it's no use. God won't accept me back. Um, he won't love me anymore. Uh, and so we're discouraged. We're... I think the hardest part is getting over the grief. Uh, but God wants us to come back. He says, return to me and I'll return to you. He draws us. He wants to take that sin away. And he wants us to give the power on a daily basis to live for him. I guess I want to encourage our people to don't give up. And, you know, try again. 
but not necessarily try harder, but choose to let him live in your heart. Make that choice again. Surrender your will to him. So what you're saying that he wishes us to grow in grace, even if we fall off the wagon. Even though we may think we're not worthy, but he wants us to come back to him and he wants us to keep on growing. And yeah, even if we slip and fall, he wants us back because he is the only one that can clean us. He's the only one that can wash away those sins. And, and he's the only one that has the power to, to give us that victory day by day by day. My last question is this. How do you maintain that relationship? How do you stay close to the Lord to where we're not falling off the wagon all the time? We can do several things uh, to, to feel Him close to us. And one is reading the Bible. Reading, studying, and asking ourselves as we read, so what is Jesus saying to me as I read this? What is He saying to me? What, what does this mean to me? And how is this going to change my life? So reading His Word, uh, praying every day, talking to God, just like a friend, like you and I are talking together and um, being with people, uh, associating with others that are encouraging, that will lift up us, um, and, and um, asking them to pray for us too. Um, and then um, things like singing, singing uh, hymns, singing songs, uh, that brings us close together. You know, I, uh, I was hunting when I was um, a teenager, and I did the, the youthful thing of staying out too long in the dark <laughs> and uh, I had to find my way back home in the dark and I couldn't see, it was black. I had to follow the path with my feet. That's the only way I knew I was on the path, just by following it with my feet. But along the way I began to sing. You know, at first I was thinking, oh. I can hear a bear coming, but then I thought, no, I'm going to sing. So I started singing the songs that I knew, and I was amazed how encouraged I got. And uh, pretty soon, you know, I found, I came out into the clearing, and there was the lights of my house, and I was so happy, but um, I wasn't afraid anymore. So by reading the Bible, praying, uh, doing good things for others, singing. There are several things like that that draw us to Him and um, daily choosing. Choosing, okay, Lord Jesus, please be in charge of me today. As we come to the close of this episode, I'd like to tell you a story that puts it all in a nutshell of what we've been studying about. Tom was a criminal, a real bad criminal. When he was captured, they threw him in prison and like they say, threw away the key. 
As the months went by, Tom became totally discouraged. He thought about an escape, he thought about committing suicide, but the prison was too carefully guarded for these things. One day, the prison official came by and said, Tom, there is no attorney that will ever take your case, but tomorrow you're going to be visited by one that says he is willing to talk with you about it. When the next day came, a quiet sort of gentleman came to his cell door. Can I come in? He said. Tom said, come on in, I'm not doing anything, I'll always be here. Tom asked him, who are you? Well, said the attorney, everyone knows me as the finest attorney in the world. I've never lost a case with those who have been willing to put themselves in my hands. Well then, said Tom, how could I ever afford somebody like you? Well, the good news, the stranger said, is it's free. It is a gift that I'm giving you. Tom says, free? What's the catch? There's nothing in this world that's free. What do I have to do? What's my part? And then the attorney says two things. Number one, you have to admit that you're guilty. And Tom said, what? If I admit that I'm guilty, they're going to throw the book at me. I'll never see the light of day, and I can probably expect the death penalty. The attorney said, that's right. But I have never lost a case with those who are willingly putting themselves in my hands. If you're willing to do this, I can guarantee you the outcome of this trial. Well, then Tom said, after I plead guilty, then what do I do? Then the attorney says, come with me. Put yourself in my hands. And day by day, learn to walk the trail of life that is good. And if you will do this, I will plead your case successfully. The thing we need to remember, we're up against the best prosecuting attorney in all the world. And we have to have things right. Tom didn't know what to say. What do I do next? And then the attorney says, stay close to me. I will help you not to want bad things anymore. I will help you to see the blessings of doing what is right. And now along the trail of life, I will help you to see that that's the only way to live, to the place that that's what you'll want to do. And in pleading your case, I can tell the whole world that this is a changed person. And because he's a humble and teachable person, I can help him to be all that he's intended to be. Well, said Tom, how will we ever make it through this? What will the judge do? What will he say to something like this? Well, here's the good news, says the attorney. You see, not only am I your attorney, but I am also your judge. My friends, Jesus is not only our attorney, but he's our judge. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful for that? And the Lord says those who are walking the trade of life, learning 
that all God's ways are the best ways are people whom he is safe to save. And those who walk this trail of life, he is able to cover with his righteousness. Our weaknesses are all taken care of. I hope, my friends, that you will understand that by beholding Jesus, holding on to him, staying with him, we will become changed people, teachable people, humble people that are safe to save in the kingdom. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of Native New Life. Until next time, let only the Good Spirit guide you.